welcome back to episode seven of So Many Screens, a pop culture podcast brought to you by Wash Media. I am your host, J.R. Hickey, coming to you from my new studio in Palm Springs, California. Joining me on the other line, as always, the very lovely, don't call her a soup because she's had no power, Cat Pat, how we doing tonight? Oh, I'm good. I'm back up and running. Thank the Lord. So what happened? Storm hit the Northeast. Yeah, a storm hit and a giant tree fell in our front yard and pulled down our our wire. I don't know what kind of wire it was. Uh, an electric wire. It took down part of our garage. It took down my neighbor's car. So we were out of power since Tuesday morning and I've been house hopping all over the tri-state area. So... I'm home, and yesterday I spent the night cleaning out the fridge, and it was fucking disgusting, but here we are. It still smells. I'm, like, scarred. The fridge going bad, that's one of those things you can't predict, and if you just went grocery shopping, you have, like, a week's worth of groceries that are fucked. A live wire in the yard concerns me more, though. Oh, yeah. Because those things are deadly. Yeah, well, I was taking pictures of the wire in the tree in our yard because I want to have, like, backup to show insurance or whatever. And I was texting them to my parents. And my dad was like, move back. Do not touch the wire. You will Ozark yourself. That's great. Yeah. Greg. Greg followed me on Twitter. And I know Greg's listening right now. So hi to Greg. I know. And Susan. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they're gonna text me and be like oh my god thanks for the shout out Brett and susan are day one listeners they're your day one people i mean literally yeah my bro i, I asked my brother if he's been listening and he was like uh maybe <laughs> so he's got to start getting to it shout out to cat pat's family our day one <laughs> listeners i think we're gonna start saying hello every episode of so many streams That's, to your parents it's funny you bring that up because my brother had a radio show in college and I think, like, my family, we were the only people that listened. <laughs> but, yes. yeah, like, his co-host would be like, hi, everyone. Hi, Pat and Odd family. <laughs> That's really great. Content creators supporting content creators. You're content creating family. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, yeah, we are. Kate, I almost did your intro, or I did our intro this week, as starting off by saying there are some whores in this house. But I didn't because that's disrespectful to women. I know. That would have been really funny. But yeah, I can see why you would hold back on that. Should we do some WAP talk at the top of this hour? WAP talk at the top here? We should. Did you Have you listened to both the clean and the dirty version? I have. I watched the clean music video first and I was like, I don't get it. This is interesting, but it doesn't make sense. What is WAP? And why is it not really lining up with the lyrics? Then I heard the explicit version and I was like, oh, it all made sense now. I have a major, major bone to pick with them using, instead of what WAP really stands for in the clean version, they said wet and gushy. And I was like, that's almost worse. That's disgusting. When you hear a severely edited song on the radio, I'm thinking back to, in my day, it was like a Nelly album. But when you heard country grammar edited on the radio... It just didn't make any sense because it was just was a bunch of like, hip, 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 hip. <laughs> and that's kind of what the the like chorus of there are some whores in this house edited and hearing that over and over again on the radio version makes no sense. Wait, what did they say in the clean version instead of whores? I can't it's remember. Something like there's some woes in this house or something like that. Oh my god, yeah. 
I, I just hate the word gushy, and, like, that word is one of those words that makes me want to vomit. Like, you know how people don't like the word moist? Like, gushy is yeah, just... Yeah, it's like that. Ugh. No. There's a Vulture article out right now that says the clean version of WAP is actually so much filthier. And I it's agree. it's because of the word gushy. Ugh. You could have written this. I know. But <laughs> my mom the other day, I was home for the weekend... She was like, um, is there a new rap song out about female genitalia? <laughs> so I gotta ask, is this like a is this like a female empowerment anthem type thing? I don't know. Um, like I guess technically it is. I mean the the words are quite filthy. It's something I would never yeah. want my parents listening to in a million years. But yeah, I mean, Meg the Stallion and Cardi B are two bad bitches, but I mean, I guess, like, I don't have, I, I have a problem with people being like, this song's inappropriate for women, blah, 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 because, like, rap songs are also just as disgusting, but they kind of kicked it up a notch with this. Well, hip-hop in itself is very boastful. I sound like a 47-year-old, like, <laughs> white professor <laughs> at, the, at, like, a liberal arts college. In and of itself, but like, that's all a rap song is, is bragging. And this is like the female version of bragging. And so in that, I really like it. Now, the lyrics I don't really like connect with because I'm not a woman. But <laughs> I can see why it would be considered like empowering. You know what this song is? This song is the call her daddy of rap songs. That's a great comparison. That's so perfect. I think I'm going to tweet that right now. I'm literally going to tweet Do it. that. <laughs> Hold the presses. Cat Pat's firing off a tweet right now. <laughs> Let's see if it does numbers over the course of... The next hour, yeah. Ready. And sent. Okay. If you had a tweet go viral, that'd be a landmark moment for episode seven of So Many Screens. That would be so exciting. I mean, I don't think that's going to happen, but a girl can dream. What's your favorite lyric from this song? <laughs> no. <laughs> nope. Nope. Gonna go ahead and pass. You can go ahead and answer that question. Uh -huh. Kate, what's your favorite lyric? Oh, there's so many. By the way, I just Googled lyrics and it filled it out lyrics to WAP. Oh that my was God. the like autofill. <laughs> let's see. Let's see. Because um, I, I was reading some of the highlights to my mom and she was like, oh my mm -hmm. God. And then my dad walked in and he was like, what are you guys talking about? And we're both like, nothing. <laughs> um. Oh. I like the part that said, he got a beard, well, I'm trying to wet it, I let him taste it, now he diabetic. Oh, and this part. I get it. I want to gag, I want to choke, I want you to touch that little dangly thing that swing in the back of my throat. Isn't <laughs> so that your, like, something with a V? Like your v uh... Uvula? Uvula, yeah, thank you. Yeah. The fleshy extension at the back of the soft palate which hangs above the throat. <laughs> Per Google. Yeah, it's like when you watch like Looney Tunes and you see a character scream, it like vibrates, it shakes back and forth like a punching bag. Yeah, exactly. Well, the first uh, 10 minutes of this episode are going to be filthy and <laughs> inappropriate. Sorry, mom and dad. Um, Yeah, my wife, I showed her the music video. She's not as like, connected isn't the right word. She just doesn't spend as much time on social media as you and I do. So I showed her the music video and she was like, oh, this is disgusting. I hate it. That was on Friday. And on Saturday, we were at the pool, and she played it like six times. So it's just one of those songs that, like, gets stuck in your head, burrows under your skin, and then just starts coming out. Do you guys have a private pool? So we have a nice situation here, and this is going to make everyone who's quarantining in shitty situations mad at me. But So we are in, like, a retirement complex 
in a dated community and there are pools like every five or six houses and the pool for like our block is right outside the front door so you walk out the front door of the condo and you walk right to the edge of the pool and this place is at like 10 percent capacity right now so we have the pool to ourselves essentially and we don't have to pay for it or clean it or do anything they come around twice a week and do all that so yeah i'm a spoiled little bitch down here in palm springs kate i was gonna say do you think your neighbors heard you guys listening i think the neighbors are too deaf to hear any of the song or there aren't enough neighbors here because like i said like it's like one in every like 10 houses is inhabited true well that's good So that was some WAP talk, I guess. I mean, I don't know. There, this thing broke, like, all sorts of records. It's worth noting. It debuted at number six on the global Spotify charts, number one on the U.S. Spotify charts. On YouTube, it garnered over 26 million views in its first day, which is the record for the biggest 24-hour debut by an all-female collaboration on YouTube. Safe to say, people are still talking about it. It's worth mentioning. I kind of like the song. Again, not for me, but I can still jam to it a little bit. Right, yeah, it's extremely catchy, don't get me wrong. It's, uh, maybe I'm a prude, I don't know. It's a, it's a little much for me, but I think Great Beat, I can only imagine listening to that song, like, out of the club. I think every girl would go batshit crazy. So, I'm excited to listen to it the next time I can go out. And how's that tweet doing? Um. <laughs> Three <you> likes. <laughs> no, I think it's at ten. It's so hard to tweet and talk. It is, it is. I'm, like, getting distracted, so... I need to stop. So this week we did something different because there wasn't any new releases on the streaming services. So we decided to go back a little bit. What I thought we could do for this week's episode of So Many Streams, this is something that I came up with. We were talking in our DMs, a couple listeners were talking about shows. And we determined or deduced that I had never seen a certain show that's very popular. And you had never seen a certain show that's very popular right now and is coming back for its second season in September. So this is like a So Many Screens classroom edition. We both gave each other homework to do over the course of the week, and we both watched a couple episodes of these respective shows. So I'm going to be talking about the Fox teen dramedy, The O.C., which I'd never seen before, and Kate is going to be talking about the Amazon Prime original action superhero series, The Boys. Woo-hoo. Kate, do you want to go first? Since this is the WAP-themed episode <laughs> of So Many Screens, it is ladies' choice. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. The Boys. Yeah, so I had never even heard of this show until you mentioned it to me the other week. You, I, I saw you say the word soups, and I was like, is this a thing? Are we saying soups now? Until I watch the show, and obviously now I get it, but... Um, I am a big fan of the Marvel movies, so I had that to look forward to, the whole superhero thing. But I was very impressed. I think the first episode really got me. Yeah, I mean, you said it was going to be violent, and it definitely is, but nothing I can't look past. It's not insanely violent where it's, like, overly violent. Um, But I'm a big fan. I don't know if I want to spoil anything, but I'm a big fan of Stargirl. She is by far my favorite character. What The Boys is, essentially, is, you know, we're consumed by superhero culture now, right? Every movie has to be a superhero franchise. Everyone has to have superpowers. And The Boys is what would actually happen 
if superheroes were in our world. And I think the message that the show is trying to convey is that they would be fucking assholes. Yes. They would be all-powerful. They would be worshipped like gods. They would take from everyone. They would do whatever they want with no repercussion. And people would be scared and kind of angry at them. And I really liked that point of view on the whole thing. Because it's fresh, it's unique, it's different, and it's very honest. I, I like the whole aspect of... I don't, like it almost kind of seeming like they're Hollywood stars, like this yep. this group that they're in, the Seven. It's a it's very corporate. They have PR people. Uh, Star Girl gets a costume change to be more revealing. Uh, but yeah, I mean that whole aspect to it. I was like, wow, this would really suck if this were real life. But it's like those are that's kind of how celebrities are treated. Yeah, and uh, I'm gonna spoil just the beginning of episode one because it's worth noting like how this show kind of kicks off. So basically, you've got the Seven, which are this superpower group of people. They're basically backed by like a corporation called Vought, Vought International. Is that how you pronounce it? Yes. So they have sponsors, like you said. They have PR people. They have uh, like a managing director. And at the same time, there's just this regular Joe. His name's Huey Temple. Huey Temple's like walking down the street with his girlfriend one day. And what happens, Kate? A-Train, a very fast superhero runs directly into her body and she essentially explodes explodes like in his arms while he's like giving her a kiss it is so bloody and so violent but it kicks off this series of events where huey doesn't get the the justice the justice that he craves he teams up with this group called the boys they're led by a man named billy butcher played beautifully by the very attractive carl urban the boys are this group of people who are out to kill superhero people. It's really, 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 like, stylized and really violent. Not, I wouldn't say it's a fun hang. <laughs> I would say it's, like, a satisfying hang. Because you just want to see superheroes in movies that actually make someone bleed. And there is a lot of blood in the show. Yeah, I'm, like, three and a half episodes in. And so far, there's been almost no actual superheroes saving anybody. Which is interesting. <laughs> Again, the only person to save anyone is Stargirl. And I stand Stargirl. Stargirl, played by the very lovely Aaron Moriarty. Yeah. Plays kind of the, like, girl next door who, who's born with superpowers and is trying to make it into the Seven. So you kind of get that, like, outsider's perspective on everything going on. She realizes how corrupt they are. She maybe starts dating someone who's outside of the Seven, which is uh, frowned upon. Really, really, really cool. Really weird dynamics between Homelander, who's the main, like, Superman-like hero, and her. Besides Stargirl, who do you like the most out of mm. the seven? I really don't like any of them, to be honest. <laughs> I like the actor who plays the Deep, Trace Crawford. He's from Gossip Girl. I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> that's, what, that's what my wife said, too. <laughs> yeah, he's a very fine man. Homelander, I thought, was going to be the most normal one, which was proven wrong. He's... No. actually psychotic no. i mean translucence okay I, I guess i like the other girl but i don't know her name the redhead mave queen mave. mave she's okay but she i mean something bad i'll say something kind of traumatic happens to star girl and she's like clean yourself up like we all have to do this yeah shit. It, it felt very hollywood-esque like the whole you know what goes on on the casting couch situation it's not for the faint of heart the show i wouldn't watch it with your kids, I wouldn't watch it with someone who can't stomach a little blood, a little sexually charged violence. 
It's based on a very famous uh, comic book. Yeah, I did not know that. Yeah, the comic book of the same name by Darth Ennis and Derek Robertson. This has been in development for a long time now. The series premiered last July 2019, and already ahead of its season one premiere, Amazon renewed it for a second season. The second season premieres in September. We're definitely going to have to dive into some of the early episodes of season two of The Boys because they're stepping season two up a notch. Aya Cash, a very talented, very funny actress who was in the FX show You're the Worst. She also had a small role in The Wolf of Wall Street. She plays a new superhero who comes and joins the Seven. Giancarlo Esposito, more commonly known as Gus Fring from Breaking Bad, is joining as like the head of Vought in season two. So they're kicking it up a notch in both the star power, the budget, and what happens. Uh, I'm really, I'm a huge fan and I'm really glad you're into it. Yeah, this is actually one of the shows I'm going to keep watching. Like I only had to watch two episodes and I almost watched four. So that's how you know I like it. It's funny because I had a feeling that you would like it, but I still had to like pre-sell it to you as like, listen, there are some things that you have not seen before. And that's where I hope people find it appealing and I hope people will check it out based upon this conversation. But you never know, you know, like there is some sexual violence in an early episode. There is some real, real like, like bloody things that happen to some people. But I, I love the task. Carl Urban, in my opinion, that's just a handsome man with a dashing accent. Yes. Oh, and one scene I had I made note of. This is going to be a mini spoiler alert. Um the ass eating scene where she takes the roids and makes the sky eat her ass and she accidentally crushes his skull under her and it explodes like a watermelon i mean if that wasn't like a sales pitch for a tv show for you to check out right now folks i don't know what is (laughs) that scene almost made me lose my lunch like that wasn't that was actually the most disgusting thing i've seen in a while Maybe next week we can, well, next week we actually have a special guest join us, which we'll get into later in the episode, but maybe like over the course of the next couple weeks until season two comes out, we can dive a little deeper into season one of The Boys, some spoilerish conversations because there's a lot to unpack. They go a lot of places, some new characters are introduced later on, and uh, a lot of fucked up shit happens. I'm sure. I'll, I'm sure I'll watch an episode or two tonight. Um, after the break, we are going to get into the show that I have been tuning into for the past couple of days. A little-known drama that uh, basically took the world by storm in 2003, and it just completely went over my head at the time. A little show called The O.C. We'll be back in a few minutes. told you I was going to start watching The O.C. and you were very happy to hear this, weren't you? Yes. This is one of my favorite shows of all time. So here's my question. It came out in 2003, so you were relatively young in 2003 because I was 15 at the time. Yeah, I was 11. So this was a show that your parents were letting you watch that you were just like, you were all in on? Like after seventh grade, you'd come home and watch it? I guess so. Well, it's funny you mention it because in seventh grade, my friends and I had this I call it a, a magazine in quotations, but we made this little magazine. We would hang out, hand out to our friends. One of the issues I found when I went home was our OC issue. Wait, 
Back up a second. You had your own magazine with your friends? Did you, like, write articles? Like, how did that work? Yes, okay, I swear this was... This actually, like, was a pretty decent attempt for being a seventh grade. But it was me and my best friend, and we wanted to start our own magazine called Unfabulous, which is based off (laughs) of the Nickelodeon show called Unfabulous. And, yeah, we we wrote articles, we had quizzes, surveys, I did an interview, we gave advice... Uh, We talked about different things you can watch. We talked about party themes, how to throw a party. We did birthday shout-outs, embarrassing stories, like everything. Tate, this was the precursor to you having a Twitter account and a podcast. I know, and like looking back and reading it, obviously the grammar and writing is terrible, but I feel like it's genuinely not that bad for two 12-year-olds. I gotta ask who the interview was with. Oh, it was with another classmate, but like I was looking at it, and she gave me nothing. She gave me nothing to work with. I asked this girl, well, if you could accomplish anything in the whole world, what would it be? That's a loaded question. All she said was, to be famous. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, what the, like, what the fuck that doesn't give me anything to work with? What is your favorite movie? Mean Girls. Turns out a 12-year-old girl, it's kind of hard to interview another 12-year-old girl. There's not a lot to say. So the question is, is she famous? No. I'm not going to talk shit about her because on the off chance she's listening. Yeah. But, you know, she's she's still living at, in her hometown, I think. How funny would it be if you were like, and that girl ended up being... That girl ended up being Billie Eilish. <laughs> Just some huge famous person. <laughs> I'm really, like, impressed, Cat Pat. That takes a lot of initiative to start your own publication. <laughs> we had a quiz. What's your OCIQ? Are you a hardcore fan or just a fair weather watcher? Like, what seventh graders talk like that? Ones that will go on to host Pop Culture Podcast well into the future. I love it. That's so cool. Post some photos. Did you take any photos of it? Oh, of course I did. Those those gotta go up on the So Many Streams <laughs> Instagram account. Those, those have to make an appearance. It's, yeah, one of the questions was, who did Seth lose his virginity to? It's like, did we even know what that meant? Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't even know if I knew what that meant back then. Um, yeah, so the OC. Yes. Teen drama was created by Josh Schwartz, aired on Fox from 2003 to 2007. It ran for a total of four seasons. I tuned in on HBO Max. Well, let me talk about HBO Max for a second here which is barely available. It's almost like HBO is trying as hard as they can not to have any new subscribers. It took me 25 minutes to get a seven-day free trial of HBO Max. I got it, and I fired up the first episode of The O.C., kind of knowing some of the major plot points. I knew that it was like a fish-out-of-water scenario, that there was like a young criminal that it's dropped into the middle of like you know, cookie-cutter, Oceanside, Los Angeles, towny stuff. But I did not know how dramatic it was going to be. And let me tell you, Kate, I fucking loved it. Yes. I was enraptured. Man crush on Ryan Atwood. Sandy and Kirsten Cohen, I want them to be my parents. <laughs> I couldn't stop laughing, however, at all of the references to where they live. Because my wife is from Newport Beach, her father held a prominent political position in Newport Beach. She's from Orange County. Apparently the high school, that's not in the first three episodes, but when they start shooting in the high school, it's based off of the high school that my wife went to, Corona Del Mar. 
So I just couldn't stop laughing at just like the references to where they're from, where they live. Ryan and Seth get in a fight on the beach in the first episode, and the guy who they get in a fight with is like, Welcome to the OC, bitch. <laughs> the OC is the least tough part of like the entire country. It's just a bunch of dudes in their lifted trucks, puta shell necklaces, unbuttoned short sleeve button downs, pretending like they're cool and hood. Yeah. That sounds about right. And they act like Ryan is this like outsider who's so tough and from the streets because he's from Chino. Chino is 45 minutes from Newport Beach. It's not that fucking far. Oh my God. <laughs> they hear he's from Chino and it's like a record scratch. It's like, and Rachel Bilson's character is like, ew, Chino. It's like someone being from Upper State New York for you, or whatever. Like, it's not that crazy of a thing. It would be very common to meet someone from Chino living in Newport. <laughs> That's unreal. I I need to rewatch this show immediately. You see this like world that it creates. It's trying to create this like Stepford wife. Gucci jumpsuit world where everything's about money and everything's really materialistic and flashy, and that they dot pretty on the head. Because when you spend time in Orange County, and we spend time specifically in Newport Beach, you see a lot of sports cars being driven around. Like, really expensive sports cars. And then if you watch closely, you'll see these sports cars pulling up to homes that are, like, falling apart around them. Because it's all about appearance for these people, and it's all about, like, the next big thing that you have. And a lot of the conversations are about their things. The description for the show on HBO Max is a troubled young man makes waves in a wealthy harborfront community, which I jokingly told my wife is what happened when I started dating her because I really was from a whole different world. I was from Chicago. I grew up probably middle to upper middle class, and Newport Beach is very upper class. So the first time I ever went there, we went to like her girlfriend's yacht club and had like lunch on this private beach and they were like servers bringing us food as we were sitting on the beach and I snapped a photo and I sent it to my friends back home and they were like how did you get in are you bussing tables or something like why did they let you in there <laughs> I don't know I'm all in can we get into some like details here like I need to kind of unpack this I, I have some questions for you yes okay so does Seth Cohen later become like a sex symbol or like someone that you have a crush on uh, yes, from the jump. From the jump? Yes. I, I talked about this on the Palm Springs episode. Adam Brody is like a Jewish icon. <laughs> That's right. That's right. We did talk about that with Will DeFreeze. If you haven't listened to that episode yet, check it out. So I believe Adam Brody as a 17-year-old Seth Cohen. I have a hard time believing Ben McKenzie is 17 years old in this. They're both actors in their mid-20s, and this is kind of one of these like... Hollywood tropes where you hire a bunch of actors in their mid-20s to play high schoolers, but Adam Brody kind of has that nervous, hormonal energy down, where Ben McKenzie isn't that strong of an actor, at least in these first three episodes, so he kind of just, like, moves his eyes around, as if to say, like, I'm nervous right now, or things are being, things are dramatic. I feel like the first two episodes is them just being like, hey, yep. hey, <laughs> the entire time. Yeah, the second episode, Ryan hides in that model home that Mrs. Cohen has. And he has his little moment with Misha Barton in the home. And then Misha's, oh, yeah. Misha's like, douchebag boyfriend comes in and nearly kills him and burns the place down. Like, these are the types of things that would make national news down there. And uh, just, just another day in the OC for the OC folk. Yeah, I mean, these people seem to grow up very fast. Yeah. Is that, like, how it is in real life? 
I don't know. Just, uh, again, I'm sitting there with my wife, and she's like, yeah, this wouldn't happen. That doesn't track. But she did point out a few things, and that is like in episode one, they go to a beauty pageant that the Marissa Cooper character holds, and it's like a bunch of high school girls modeling like, you know, Prada and all these like crazy like designer brands. And my wife told me, she said, oh yeah, that definitely happens. She knows a couple girls that like put on those fashion shows. Kate, correct me if I'm wrong. Did you ever host a fashion show? When you were a teenager? Um, no. <laughs> did you know people that hosted fashion shows? No. My Girl Scout troop did a fashion show at Limited 2 once. <laughs> see, that's, that's see, like at a mall. That sounds about right. Exactly. It was so fun. Yeah, in the OC, though, it's like a black tie event that the parents show up to and they donate like $10,000 each to whatever the hell this is. I forget if it's this episode, but... Summer is like, look what I stole, and she holds out, like, two glasses of wine, and then Marissa pulls out a bottle from her back, and she's like, <laughs> look what I stole! <laughs> that was, like, such an iconic scene. I used to have a little gif of that on my MySpace profile, like, back when we all used to code on MySpace. Yeah, when everyone was mini-hackers. Yeah, I wish I remembered how to do all that, but I don't know if that was in the first episode or not. So is Kate... Team Ryan or Team Seth? Ooh, um, definitely Seth. Definitely. Seth is more my speed. By your speed, you mean not a criminal? <laughs> not going to prison every other episode? <laughs> no, he's like a little nerdy boy. He's got the Jew thing down. Yep. He's more of like the indie vibe. So they're not against each other. But who do you like better, Marissa or... Excuse me, I'm going to send Marissa or Seth. Marissa or Summer? So it's tough because I've only done three episodes but the rachel bilson character really gets on my nerves out of the date here i'm sure she gets better the summer character reminds me of a lot of girls i went to high school with and maybe it's because of the time i was in high school at the time so the low-rise pants the heavy tanner the makeup the haircut just kind of down on my nerves misha barton you know she's kind of got some stuff going on at home she's a little more vulnerable that's a little bit more jr speed sadly to say <laughs> but yeah so I'm willing to commit Cat Pat to probably season one, and then we'll see where it goes. I've heard from a lot of people that the quality of the show goes downhill pretty fast. Is that true? It does jump the shark at some point later. I forget what season. It might be season four, three or four. I'm not going to spoil mm -hmm. anything, but it's a pretty big change to the show. Okay, interesting. Are they in college? That has to be it. That does happen, but no. There's something else oh. that happens. Something huge. I'm actually shocked you don't even know what I'm talking about because I feel like everyone knows it. Just tell me. I mean, if everyone if everyone knows, I just want to know. One of the main characters dies. Oh, One of the okay. main four. One of the main four dies. Interesting. Can I put money on who it is? People are like screaming. They're like, how does JR not know this? Um, can you give me a hint? <laughs> I mean, it's one of the main characters. I don't know. There's only four of them. That's true. That's true. Okay. Um, is it Marissa? That's correct. Wow. Just the vibes. I know. She's, she's drinking pretty heavily in that first episode. She's blacked oh out God, yeah. on her front sidewalk. I mean, that is a warning sign if I've ever seen anything. So, yeah. I do know that they introduced like, another strong female later on in the show. So, yeah. I'm excited to keep watching. Uh, I think I want to do some spoiler ish type stuff later on down the line once i have a few more episodes under my belt and i can talk about it with a little more knowledge as long as i can like maybe get like 10 episodes and maybe we can get into some of the the nitty-gritty of uh the oc but to be honest i'm gonna keep watching because it's kind of the perfect amount of like campy melodramatic light-hearted 
nonsense that I need right now. It's so good. I actually just brought home the first three seasons that were on DVD and I left them in my childhood bedroom and I just brought them home. Yeah, well, you're not going to do HBO Max because it's a nightmare to set up. The tagline for the show is, it's nothing like where you live and nothing like what you imagine. <laughs> okay. I've spent a lot of time in Orange County. It's very boring. It's a lot like the suburbs, to be honest with you, except everyone has a boat in their backyard as opposed to a backyard. There's a video that I'll have to post. It's extremely embarrassing for me. It's me in middle school, and I must have been on spring break, and I was filming it on my dad's camcorder. But Perfect. it's me, and I'm like, this is a documentary film. Music from the OC. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to post that, but it's genuinely horrifying. Honestly, the music on this show slaps. It's the perfect like encapsulation of 2003-2004, like punk, emo. The first episode, I heard some All-American Rejects. There's some Death Tab for Cutie. Beck. I'm looking at some of the songs right now. This, this just takes me back. Modest Mouse, LCD sound system. Beautiful. I mean, this was my childhood, Cat Pat. Yeah, I used to own the soundtracks on CDs, but great, great music. Weird to me that like I ended up dating a girl and then marrying her from the OC. It just it's funny when you see a place that you know so well portrayed in a fictional like work. So like anything in Chicago, I'm like, well, this is fucking ridiculous. That nobody spends all the time like running around on Michigan Avenue or <laughs> Lower Wacker. That that's how I felt when I first came to New Jersey. I was expecting it to be just like the Real Housewives of New Jersey. It's probably more like The Sopranos, though, isn't it? Um, yeah, I guess. I mean, it's actually, I think it's more honestly like The Real Housewives in terms of demographics than The Sopranos. And people also always think it's like the Jersey Shore all over the state, which it's very much not. Have we talked about The Real Housewives? Are you a Real Housewives fan? Oh, am I? I'm not really that caught up anymore, but I used to be a diehard New York and New Jersey girl. This is good. Uh, This is a good transition. Because I... Ride or die for my Real Housewives of Beverly Hills bitches. And I say bitches in the utmost respectful way. I'm like in love with all of them. I think they're all super badass. I cannot stand the other Housewives groups. It's just something about the Beverly Hills ones that like really gets me. Yeah. Do you know Lisa Vanderpump? Is she still on it? She is not still on it. She left the show on, under a flurry of dishonesty allegations last season. I It's one of those things that's like very atypical. My wife was watching it and I was like, what is this garbage? And I kind of got into it. And now I, it's appointment television for us on Wednesday nights. Yeah, it's a great show. I, I kind of want to get back into it, but there's so many seasons to catch up on that I don't know if I can devote that much time anymore. Lisa Rinna, to me, is like one of the most talented people to like enter this world of reality TV. Oh, she's the best. A soap star married to like a very famous TV actor in Harry Hamlin. She totally uses The Real Housewives as a platform and uses it well. She's like Bethany Frankel in that way. She like comes in, blows all the other girls out of the water for a couple seasons and then just gonna move on to something bigger and better. And I love that about her. Yeah, I mean, have you seen footage from Andy Cohen's baby shower? No, I haven't. Oh my god, it's all of the housewives together in one room. That's crazy. Going fucking crazy, dancing on tables. This is must have been a few years ago because his kid is like two. But Lisa Rinna is on the table dancing and she's like, dance for Andy. He made your life. 
dance for his baby. And she's like yelling at people to get up and dance. It's so funny. Here's why I like the Beverly Hills ladies the most. They're all successful women outside of the television show. They all were actresses, pop stars, people who had like careers in Hollywood. And then this is like their victory lap. Unlike some of the other Real Housewives where... It's just like they married someone rich and now they're considered like famous because of it, where they don't actually have any discernible talent. That's what bothers me about a lot of the New Jersey and Orange County and even a few of the New York housewives, to be honest with you. Yeah. I mean, I think in New Jersey, most of them just married rich. Beth- yeah. Bethany Frankel, though, from New York is low key, actually maybe high key, the most successful one. Oh, 100%. She's worth like nearly a billion dollars. <laughs> I saw her. She... Came to Proctor's Theater, I think it was Proctor's Theater in upstate New York and did like a whole like night with Bethany thing and she just like, I don't know, did a giant Q&A and stuff and she was saying how the Beverly Hills girls are like, they have fuck you money and how they're insanely fucking loaded and they make everyone else look poor. Yeah, that made sense based upon not only the show but the things that they do on the show. So that's why I like watching. It's a little escapism for me. It's fun. You know, they're easy to look at, they're easy on the eyes, and they're very successful. I like seeing successful, good-looking people doing things that I want to do. That's, like, the whole, uh, that's the entire, like, thought process behind, like, reality TV and escapism TV. So, so I'm, I'm a fan. Maybe we'll, uh, maybe we'll do some Real Housewives talk at some point, some deep Oh, Real that Housewives would be talk. great. I'll, I'll tell the Will mommies we're doing Housewives <laughs> talk. This was another all over the place, but very fun episode of So Many Screens. Yes, it was. It was very all over the place, but very fun. (laughs) Um, Do you want to tell the listeners who we are having on next week? Yes, we are having, drum roll please, the David Ruff. Dave is the mastermind behind this podcast. He is the guy who gave us our platform. He's obviously a guy that we're super big fans of and we're super excited to have him on. We're going to be talking about the Netflix original movie, Project Power, which debuts this Friday on Netflix. stars Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Jamie Foxx. It's a superhero type movie. From what I can glean from the trailer... The information available online. You take a pill and you have superpowers for five minutes and some fucked up shit happens. So we're having the crime dog on to talk that over with us as well as some other fun categories. Make sure you guys tune in next Tuesday. Check that episode out. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at so many screens, of course. And follow me at the real cat pat across the board. And I'm at the real Jesus. The real? You're the real. I'm not anything. (laughs) And I am at JR. We'll do it across the board. Thanks, guys, and we will talk to you next week. Bye, guys.